right, Daniel. How have you been? Tremendous. How are you? I'm very good. Yep. Same old problems, really. New season. Rinse and repeat. Has anything changed? We all felt kind of positive after Thailand and Australia, didn't we? And then it's, so we're back to doom and gloom. Yes, it felt like it couldn't be any worse. But I don't think we won at home to Brighton last season, did we not? We, after yeah. getting absolutely humiliated for about an hour, yeah. whatever it was, we somehow found the way to win. We we did. I think that might be Brighton's first win at Old Trafford. They got they got a draw in like 1981 or something. Um, but, <laughs> of course, they nailed us in the the game at the Amex last season. So yeah, I, I mean, what do, what do we say about this game? Ten Hag went in with like this very different system, like a false nine, sort of two false nines and and two wide players, and it was a bit of a jumble, really. After I mean, what we've yeah, seen these in dickheads can barely these dickheads barely know their own names. Yeah. I don't think they're ready for. Galaxy brain tactics I know. at this point. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was magical thinking, wasn't it? To think that they could suddenly fit into an IX I, system. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know what team he was going to play. I didn't think he'd play this one. I, th I thought that I would have, I mean, I say I, I would have played Garnacho on the left and put Rashford through the middle. Yeah. Because I wanted a 4-3-3 yeah. with pace out wide and... I think both Bruno and Ericsson are much better with the play in front of them. If you watch yeah. Ericsson playing for Brentford, he's it was reminiscent of late era Skulls where he's mm -hmm. spraying balls about. And same with Bruno. You lose Bruno's passing if he's too far forward. Obviously, you want him arriving into the box, but I would don't, neither of them, I can't believe I'm saying this, neither of them is a centre forward. No, funny, funny that. <laughs> yeah, good, good analysis there. <laughs> yeah. I don't think this is controversial or profound. I mean, Eriksen played false nine, ten, wide left, and in the second half at six. So he actually got place. better. In the, he got better in the second half. He was he absolutely dreadful in the first half. It, I mean, I did wonder whether we'd see Eriksen like in central midfield or even deeper at some point. And maybe, maybe he's just going to be one of those players who plays where we need him all season and hasn't got a defined role. But again, but like, this is why I was sort of surprised to see him where I was, where he played, because surely like the point here is that we're trying to set up a team. And I know it was the first game and something happened, but Ericsson's not going to play false nine for us very often. That's not why he was bought. So surely the point is you want as little upheaval as possible. So you play, you play him and Bruno where they're meant to be, where you want them to be, and you just change the personnel up front. That's yeah. it. It, well, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, look, he's, Ten Hag is dealing with Martial's injury. Surprise, surprise. I mean, can anyone be shocked that Martial breaks down after a game? And and Ronaldo, one in a way, slash not being fit, slash being 900 years old. So And no one <laughs> wanting him. <laughs> and no one wants him. Yeah. I mean, what an absolute mess for I mean, I, I, I definitely feel sorry for Ten Hag. He's... He's got to deal with all of this. He's, he's been done with Ronaldo, who's a, a burden on the club, who doesn't want to be there. He's made it very clear he doesn't want but to be there. But it's worth a lot of money commercially. Who's got 500 million social media followers. And yeah, I mean, he's, it's not like the product on the pitch is the thing that's selling the, the commercials, is it? So Ten Hag's going to have to deal with this. And it's, a, it's an absolute mess for him. I mean, it's just one of those situations. I'm sure we'll get to it because they've let him down in the market as well. At this point, I mean, 
what happens if he says, if you don't back me, I'm off, then what? Yeah, well, at our Avram Glazer, Arnold and Ten Hag were meeting after the game in one of the suites that were spotted there. So, I mean, I did think they'd wait till the morning to sack him, but hey. Like... <laughs> <laughs> so... But the thing is, because is, what's going to be is he's not going to, he's not going to say, like, he's not going to say, I, I mean, he, 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 what he should do is really, I mean, I say, they say what he should do. I don't think anyone should bin their job. I'm not saying that he should bin his job, but. If he did threaten to, then what would happen? They would have to back well, him. Well, he does I have mean, that card because at that point, yeah. the toxicity of the brand is problematic. If the manager's saying to you, you're liars, you didn't give me what you said you give me, you're tying my hands behind my back, I can't manage this, you need to deal with this, then it would be interesting to see what the Glazers would do if he did that because yeah. it's not good for their investment because it then becomes, like, it becomes totally toxic. I think we all sort of feel like if this fails then it's going to mark a watershed point. It's going to be a decade since United were good. And then it's very clear to anyone who might manage the club who's worth having that they won't be given what they need to succeed. Well, exactly, yeah. And I, I do, Ten Hag's credit is at its highest point right now until he starts winning trophies, right? And so he, he does have those cards. If it gets to November and United are 10th, uh, he doesn't have those cards anymore. We go after the World Cup, and do we do we think the Glazers will back him? No, because history says they don't do that when they think there's a possibility that the manager's going to fail. And I'm not saying that that's definitely going to happen after one game of the season. So not, don't everyone jump on me now. But you can de- you can definitely make the case for that being the if they don't get players in in the next month, for it being a difficult few months up until the World Cup, and then we're into the January window. I mean, it's not just the, the spectre of not getting players in. It's also the spectre of getting players in and one of them being fucking Marco Barnautovic. Uh, I know, I what know. What earth are you talking about? Which We're talking club? about the the, 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 the the club clearly not wanting to spend the kind of money. I mean, look, with all the players that have gone, 18 players are left, right? What does this dickhead have players. going for him apart from the fact that he's cheap? Yeah, no, that's it. I mean, they've taken about £50 million pounds a year off the wage budget. That's about what they've spent in the market. <laughs> Added a little bit in wages, but I can't imagine Lissandro Martinez is on much. And uh, I wouldn't he... expect so the way that he played today. Goodness <laughs> yeah, me. He had a, right. a proper Pallister against Norwich debut. Again, he's bit, uh, better in the sec- bit better in the second half, but yeah. dreadful in the first he, half. He had, a, he had a few moments, didn't he? So, it look, it's, it is about money, and it's obviously post-COVID money's tight. And United aren't in the Champions League, and they're looking. Right, but not being in the Champions League is not actually so significant because the Euro- the the players are all getting reduced wages, which yep. roughly I think is the difference twenty five percent Europa yep. League managed money versus Champions yep. League money. Being in the conference would have been God knows who we defended yeah, yeah. that with if we're in the conference. Ian Norman droid, I don't even know Ian Olney, <laughs> but oh yeah, but he had difference. a magical left foot. <laughs> yeah, the, the difference between Champions League and. Europa League, I don't think is 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 that significant. But in terms, if you if you get to the latter stages of the Europa League, it, it's reasonably it's a reasonably lucrative tournament. Yeah, if you go out in the group stages, it's really not. But I mean, clearly, look, it's it looks like managed decline. Now we could look all look very silly if they turn around sunk ninety million on Frankie De Jong and bring in a decent striker in the next three weeks. But I'm I sure don't he imagine was it happening. To his television set this afternoon. Oh my gosh! I know. Part of me was thinking, well. Maybe this is a ruse. I told you I needed some players. But if De Jong... I mean, United must think that De Jong will come. 
he must have told Tenach that he wants to come. There's no other explanation. But if he's got Chelsea as an option, and how on earth did Chelsea, where Chelsea getting all this money from, incidentally? Well, then, the, the, the new owners have committed, they took a line of credit out, a few hundred million pounds line of credit. What does uh, one which, do with a line of credit? <laughs> that just sounds like a, it, a drug. It, yeah, yeah well, it does. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah, it's a, the, new, the new one the kids are doing. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, they've got, they've got, I can't remember, five or six hundred million. Uh, I want the line of credit. Can it's revolving debt. <laughs> Apparently, the new owners are going to pay that interest, not the club, which is interesting. So any, anyway, that's where the money's coming from. It's debt. But it's still like a phenomenal amount, given that they're like Cucurella for 60 million quid or whatever. Yeah. Nice, nice to have um, a 60 million pound backup left back, isn't it? Deputy left back. Sterling. Carney, what's his name? Chuck Rebecca. Yep. Yep. 20 million. And they're Good trying player. to and Koulibaly. Yeah. And they're trying to sign De Jong. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Timo Werner is going to go back to RB Leipzig, so I'll bring something nothing. there. Just yeah. nothing for free. Yeah. It's wages. And that's the thing. One of the things that's impossible not to notice is the teams who finished directly above United last season, Arsenal and Spurs, have spent more money than United have. And better. better money. Yeah, and we're better already because the league table tells us that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you can look at it a different way and say, well, it's not feasible that United could be as bad this season as they were last season, because last season was literally the worst that squad they're capable of. And they bought a couple of the players and got a proper manager. So in theory, shouldn't, they shouldn't take that much catching, but they've, they've spent, they may have spent well, they've definitely filled positions that needed filling. And in order to catch them, you can't just go and buy a backup left back and centre back. And Christian Eriksen, I mean, that's just ridiculous. Or if you look at City and Liverpool, which is actually, I mean, I can't believe I'm saying the aspiration is to catch them, but it is. Hello, boys. And yeah, they've gone, they've gone and signed Haaland and Nunez. And yep. you know, I didn't try to sign Mark Haaland out of <laughs> I mean, it's brilliant. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll, get on, we'll get on to it in the back of content to talk about City and Liverpool and stuff. But I mean, already you can see the difference that Haaland's brought to, to not only how City play, but the impact he has on other teams and the way that they, they, they can't even break on City anymore because if they leave that space behind, he runs into it. So well, that I, was exactly, yeah, exactly yeah. what happened for the second goal. West Ham exactly. tried to chase the game and five minutes later, the game yeah, yeah. was over. But, but the thing about, I, I understand, so like, to talk about Anatovic, I mean, I understand that United want someone physical up front, but to comb through the strikers in world football, and end up on in. Now, obviously, like, we can say that Ten Hag isn't an idiot. I think that's fair. He's, he knows Arnautovic, and yep. so knows that he isn't bothered by episodes of racism, perhaps. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to say about that. I mean, uh -huh. Arnautovic and Ronaldo in the same squad just it, It's just lovely, yeah. And Greenwood so, hanging around on the sidelines. It's, it's great stuff. So, so you want some physical presence up front. I understand that, but... Is that really Marco Arnautovic? What what would we, if he were to come, what would what would Tenach be expecting from him? Why is he signing him? Is he signing him just to? He thinks that he's got a particular role in mind, like the role that Alaire played for Dortmund, where you play off him, he holds it up, he's got a good touch, and he brings your wide players in. Is that? Or he's but, a twenty game a season, five substitutes, bring him on in the seventy fifth minute type player. But then, you know. right. Right, but 
if you're struggling to scrape together the cash for Sesco, I've, I've never obviously never, I'm not going to pretend I've seen him play. Yeah. Like he's someone that I want to sign, but he's clearly someone you know I'd want to sign and won't pay what the asking price is, which is obviously a barrier to actually signing him. Why would you toss 8 million squid on out of it when you didn't have enough for what you wanted? Why would you not try and, I mean, I kind of hoped that Lindelof was, wasn't in the squad. Do we know if Lindelof was ill or injured? I hoped I, he wasn't in the squad today because they're trying to force him out and get a fee for him. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought Lindelof had done all right in preseason, actually. We know that so, Lindelof is an all right player. He's an all right he's player. Player. I mean, he's all right in a ten-hug system. You know, so. He's not a bad third or fourth choice, but if you're looking at sellable assets... Yeah. He might be and one. Players, he is someone you might get 20 million quid for yep. him and you don't actually really need him yeah. because you've got Varane, Maguire and Martinez. And then if you need it, if it came to it, you could keep turns up, turns every. Yeah. If you really need it or whatever. All of this brings to mind, like what, what is John Motard doing? I mean, I, I mentioned earlier, 18 players are left. Now, a lot of them use players and a lot of them freebies, but. Of all of those 18 players, one has got a fee, Pereira, 10 million. And, and it seems that you can be an 18-year-old kid in the city reserves and City get 20 million for them. And United are like chronically unable to sell players and use that as part of the market. And that's part of the problem as well. You lose that many players and you don't get a fee for any of them. Dean Henderson went on a loan and I can't imagine Forrester paying all the wages either. So yeah, well, goodness me, Dean Henderson. I mean, what is wrong with him? I feel like the cap is restricting the flow of blood to the brain or something. Yeah. Like, I totally understand why he's, why he's pissed off about what happened to United. Ollie sure. made him the promise and either didn't have the force of personality to make it happen or he just got in at the wrong time. Yeah, yeah. And then De Gea actually started the season well. So, unlucky. Like I, I know, but like, going to a club that's professional likely, sport is hard. likely to be in the relegation zone. I, I don't understand it from United's point of view. He's clearly a quality keeper. He is a top half of Premier League keeper. He's not good enough for United. He's not so good I, enough I, for United. So the big find a fee. The big error with him was they should have sold him after he had that season at Sheffield United. Yeah. And they got 50, 60 million for him then. But now... Chelsea were get with, seriously interested at the time. I mean, genuinely, what I seriously. What I can't grasp with him is him banging on. He didn't want to train at United because Ted Huff would have seen how good he was and wanted to keep him. And it's just, you're kind of thinking, mate, you played okay, then you were dreadful against Liverpool, and that with almost catastrophic consequences. Uh -huh. Liverpool, Liverpool don't win that game. They probably don't qualify for last season's Champions League. Sure. sure. Which means they don't get to the final. Like, you're, that Henderson is involved in that. And you think, like, fine, I, I actually respect his confidence. But you need to be confident in professional sport. It's very helpful, particularly if you're a goalkeeper. So I even care that he thinks he's the second coming of Lev Yashin. But gobbing off about how good you are when you've done nothing to prove that, I just find extremely weird. Fine, like, know it to yourself. But he, I'm good enough. I think I'm good enough to play in golf. You know, like, say you're not happy with how it worked out. But he's, he didn't want to train for Ten Hag because yeah. he'd see how good he was and want to keep it. It's, nah, it's nah. bizarre. But anyway, like, the wider point about not getting the fees, it's restricting United from doing the business we want. Anyway, there was a game, you know. <laughs> the game, oh my gosh! I mean, it's, I guess it was dreadful. If Bruno scores, if Bruno scores that yeah, chance at the beginning, could have been different. It it would. I feel like it probably would have been different. I mean, it's kind of interesting watching the, the Sky commentary. Like, so surprised that Welbeck was doing the things that when he's fit and confident, Welbeck, Welbeck does. Can do. Yeah, yeah. Like he's got a beautiful touch. Yeah, 
good movement, good imagination. But like all those things were so. The problem at United was that I'd say of all the people, he probably suffered the most for Fergie retiring. Sure. Because Fergie, I mean, in the end, the injuries did for him. But at the same time, Fergie would have nurtured him because he liked him, thought he was good, and also thought it was important that United had a Mancunian centre forward for the first time. Like, not even, oh, the centre forward is a youth product, the first one since Mark Hughes, basically. Yeah. Fergie appreciated that. I remember Moyes saying when he took over that Fergie told him that Welbeck was a really important player at United. And, Danny, Danny yeah. Welbeck, Danny Welbeck. He'll, he'll yeah, always be Moyes' player. I, it, he'd, I mean, it, I always say this about Welbeck, that I'd be watching him play and I'd be going, and I'd always call him Daniel because that's my name. Yeah. I was I'm a Daniel or Dan or Danny. So I'd be going, and then I'd be standing there going, oh, for fuck's sake, Daniel. And every time I said it, I think about how many times, how many different people had said that about me. <laughs> well, look, Daniel Welbeck did well for, it's Brian's opening goal, wasn't it? The, the pass from Trossard, the run from Welbeck, cut back. De Gea. De Gea flapping all over the place. I don't know what Just he's doing with that one. Just standing there, <laughs> thinking about where he's getting his next counter monster. I don't know whether he, he didn't want to predict anticipate the cross because he thought he might again getting done at the near post or just didn't he's just not proactive is he it is it is odd watching him in the ten hag system where he's having to use his feet and play the ball out he's not that bad with his feet okay it's not the fact that he can't clip a pass it's more the unwillingness to as you say to, 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 be, to proactive. be proactive about stuff yeah and then the second and that's one the with all of his goalkeeping is reactive and he's got true the, the fastest reactions i've ever seen yep. Yeah, yeah. which is what made him good, but it's just all the other stuff. And when you're playing in a good team, that's okay. When you're playing in a crap team, it's not okay. And I guess the plan was always try and sort some of the team out this season. I felt like the next season, next summer, goalkeeper and centre forward probably. We'll have to. De Gea's contract's out next summer. There's a one-way option, but United would be mad to take it, surely. I mean, wish they will if they if they think they can get a feat. And anyway, I mean, he, he didn't do anything for the first one and then he palms one into the, I, I don't know how much you can blame him for the second one, but it's, it's, it's not a strong hand, is it? It's a, it's a, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's not, it's not great. You, like, you watch it and I mean, I know enough about goalkeeping to say with any conviction, I think he could have got that further away. Maybe he could, but obviously Fred was standing there. I don't know what yeah. he was thinking about. Sleeping God, maybe. Just, you, you, and that's the thing with Fred. Like, it doesn't matter how likable he is and how he does what you ask him. He plays in all these positions. He is careless. Yeah. He's always, his passing is careless and his thinking is careless. Yeah. And he got himself out of it early in the first half where he gave the ball away and got back and then got back. Yep. yep. But it's very hard to see him changing. He won't. He'll have good, game, he'll yep. have good games and bad games. Yep. And, as well, he did the, under out. The only good games he has is when he's further forward, and that's true of McTominay as well. McTominay, 17 touches, eight passes. I think I'm right in saying eight successful passes in that first half. <laughs> it's just like central he's, midfielder, I mean, completely anonymous. He's, mass, he's massively regressed. Yeah. He, was, he's been, he was dreadful last season. And it's, I don't, I, I don't think we're going to see that much of him this season. I hope not. Because, I mean, but, but we will, unless we get a... Midfielder. I mean, by the end of the game, uh, Ten Hag had Donny van der Beek and Eriksen in central midfield. I mean, there's a <laughs> interesting combo that I never thought I'd see happen. But 
there is no destroyer there. There's no there's no cover there, and there's no one who can control possession either. It's, it's but it doesn't seem like he plans mark. to play with the destroyer because he wants. I it looks like he wants a midfield three, ideally of De Jong, Eriksen, Bruno, and he wants, and that's moving United from a possession from nominally a power team to a possession yeah. team. Yeah, and yeah. And if you add Sancho into that, and also. A centre forward, like a big centre forward, to hold the ball up. You can see, you can see what he's trying to sure. do. The thing is, is I felt like he need Tenach needs to be brave in how he goes about this. Now he needs to. And it seems almost ridiculous to say Ronaldo's got to go because who on earth is going to score goals for us? But if we're trying to be good, yeah, he's not going to be part of United being no. good because he wants to he wants to leave and he will leave next season. He, he will the, be completely disruptive to both the club and the team if he's in it. So, no, I joked previously about it being Eric ten months, but I think if, he's, if Ronaldo stays, there's a really good chance of that happening because he'll have to play quite a lot. Otherwise, he'll get mysterious hip flexor injuries all the time. And and he's he's not the kind of player. He's not going to be back to goal holding the ball up. That's not what he does. He drifts into into Bruno's zone. Bruno will end up in wide positions as a result. Eriksen will end up even deeper. And then Ronaldo doesn't do the thing that Haaland does, which is spin and run. So every team that plays us can play a high line and and you know compress the game and win the ball back high up the pitch. It's just so predictable what's going to happen if Ronaldo's in the team. Anyway, he got 12 touches after he came on today, so he did absolutely nothing I either. mean... He did sort of make a difference. I mean, the other one who was really disappointing was Sancho. Oh, especially like against the team playing about. I mean, against the team playing about three. Like for your wingers, like that is a gift for them because there's so much space in behind and space between the wing backs and the centre backs down the sides yep. of the the outside centre backs. I felt like the first half wasn't entirely his fault just the ball went left every time i don't know if that's just because we're used to ignoring the other side the other side of the pitch but even in the second half i think he's he's got to get stronger and faster and you're not going to get massively faster but some time in the gym just will it give you that more scope to go on the outside and yeah at the he, moment I, I don't think he's, he's that very player, good but yeah yeah, he's he's good in tight situations. He can mm -hmm. find space. He's good, good. He can pick a pass, but he's not he's not someone who he's not reliable. Look, I, I'm I'm not gonna give up on him yet because he was no, no, he was good preseason, and I've seen him plenty for Dortmund. I think there's 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 a good player there. He switched to the left at some point during the second half, which is I think much more comfortable for him. But he's clearly, we need him on the right. That's where we need him to perform. And it's, it's going to be tough for him. Two, two reasons. One, he's got Diogo Dallo behind him, who's an absolute mess. And, and, I mean, and two, yeah. United haven't got the ball at the moment, right? If, we, if De Jong comes and United turn into a possession-based side with 60% possession every game, then he's going to get the ball a lot. But at the moment, it's, that's not what's happening. It's, it's, there's... There's McTominay and Fred spraying the ball all over the place in midfield, and and United aren't going to get the ball into the right positions. Yeah, I mean, I would have gone personally like if you'd have given me the budget at the beginning of the summer, I would have gone midfielder, midfielder, right back. Sure, that would have been that, that would have been probably my first three. And 
I don't, I totally understand why we bought Malassia. I presume what happened was Ten Hag just thinks he's too good not to have. At that and price. 15, and yeah. 15 million quid. Yeah, it makes, it makes sense. I mean, I'm not, I'm not bitching about the fact that we've signed Malassia. I don't imagine it'll be that long before he has Luke Shaw's place. Just because he is a bit more dynamic than Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw, what Luke Shaw does have is he has a good understanding of Rashford. Sure. But what happens if Rashford is crap <laughs> and then you have to take him out? Well, that's a default position, isn't it? Now with Rashford, he's crap and then let him prove otherwise. Which, look, actually, he wasn't bad preseason. But again, like, how much can you read into that? He, he was pretty awful today. He's lucky that he was offside for the sitter that he missed. It wasn't offside. That, was, so, that goal was a stud. Right. It wasn't offside. So the VAR, sure the VAR would have let it around. I mean, okay. Well, then he, he missed a very presentable chance. United didn't create it, many. Three, three shots on no, goal. No, I mean, that was, half, that, was, but, that was a proper chance. I actually yeah. had some sympathy with him. He made a good connection and it hit, the goalkeeper did well and it hit him. So, I mean, obviously, generally, you would expect a striker to find a way to get that in, to get that past the goalkeeper. It, it was, he made a good connection and it was a good save. What do you make here? Ten hard substitutions. Three of them came on 90 minutes. Uh, Just wasting a bit know. of time, was he? <laughs> I, I've absolutely no idea what that was all about. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure it's, because at some point, it's one of those situations as well. Like we've got Brentford next week and then we've got Liverpool. So how many points are we going to have in, in two games time? Might not be many. No, I mean, you would take, you'd take, would you take three? Yeah, I'd take two? a win, I'd take a win at Brentford for sure. Yeah. Emotional homecoming for Christian Eriksen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I hope Thomas Frank cries. Oh, wouldn't it be wonderful? So and is he, is he right at the top of your list of dickheads? Premier League managers. I mean, Fra Frank's up there no. as well. Isn't he? Lampard's no, no, pretty no. high. Yeah, yeah. No, no, he's so. not. I mean, he is, he is a dickhead, but he's not, he's not top of my list, no. Gerard um, as well. I, I'm I actually, again, we're talking about in backers content. It's, you know, it's looking dodgy for Gerard. I know you want him to do okay, well enough to get the Liverpool job, but he might not <laughs> yes. see out the season. I mean, he's lost more games than he's won with Villa. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, I mean, there's that stat going around yesterday that he's got what Gary Neville got, Valencia. Nice. He's spent a load of money as well. Yeah. But I think, because so, what the, the thing about Ten Hag is at some point he's going to have to be brave and he's going to have to make some decisions. And I don't like to say just like chuck the younger players in, but. I mean, Garnacho really looks have... ready. I don't think it's even chucking we a We don't have options. In. What I would say about Garnacho is that he seems a lot better than Langer. Yeah. His level's much higher. His, his, like, his ceiling is much higher and his floor is much higher as well. I think he's just a much better player. And he's yeah, got he that looks... kind of thing. He's, like, he's clearly an arrogant kid. I mean, maybe he's perfectly lovely, but on the pitch, he's got the swagger to no, take on he's players. He's got swagger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, what, that's what you want. And he needs... Same in Malassia, like, I've just, it just gets to a point, like, I think Shaw wasn't that bad today, but I guess it gets to a point where, I guess it's different for Tanakh because he's, he hasn't had time to have had enough of all these dickheads yet. Whereas for us who've been watching them for years, you get to a point where I think, well, actually Luke Shaw's been at United since Van Gaal. So what's that? Is that six, seven years now? Yeah. And More. he's had one good season when there were no crowds yeah and now 
you're trying to build a team and you've got an option. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is just time to say enough to well, we'll see. anyone, anyone to whom you have scope to say enough to. <laughs> I mean, like, it's, it's very tempting to go down that route. I, I think there's some talk that he might have picked up an injury in this game anyway. So sure. if that's the case, yeah. So if that's the case, Molassi will be in and he may never be out. We'll see about, we'll see about that one. But I mean, he looks like, I mean, it was interesting. The first game Molassi had played on tour, he was drifting inside doing that sort of augmented six role that you see in, in some of the Dutch sides and, and already taking up positions that look would be completely alien to Luke Shaw. Well, Shaw was basically on the touchline. So, yeah. yeah Shaw, Shaw, I mean, we don't know what the instructions were, but Shaw spent a lot of time on the touchline doing not that much. And, I mean, in fairness to Brighton, they're a good team and they played well. But just like seeing Graham Potter celebrating on the pitch at the end is just <laughs> so humiliating. It should yeah. be humiliating for those players. Yeah, yeah. If you if you if you swap the shirts around, like and they've lost Cucurella and fucking Bissouma, yeah, two really good players. So it is. I mean, it's amazing that he's he's managing to put. I mean, look, I I, I can't see into the future with Brighton based on this one game against United because it's United and and the the fact that he's lost a really good central midfielder. Less about Cucurella, they've got options and still haven't bought a striker in. That could that could that could cost them eventually this season but you know he gets them playing they keep the ball well they do create chances interesting they played you a back three and trossard is basically a forward playing left wing back i mean they played really attacking in those roles and and in the end they out thought united again and it's not like this is the first time is it so no, and that's the thing, like, I haven't seen, I've been working, so I haven't seen Tenach's interview. Do we know, do we I know didn't, what he said? I, did, I didn't either, yeah. I, I would, like, turn and tell you off right after the game and didn't turn it back on until the City game. So I don't know what he said afterwards. Surely the social media FC have been posting apologies, I imagine. We go I'm again. Forward, yeah, we, we'll be working as hard as we can to put it right on the training grounds. Yeah, sure. Got to have a reaction. We're really sorry. The fans deserve better than this. It was unnecessary to lose this game, said Tenach. I think it was a good start. And then after the first goal, we dropped down a level, dropped down in belief when we made mistakes and the opponent punished us. But I think it is a good opponent. They have worked long together. When you make mistakes, you get punished for that against such teams. Inspirational. Yeah. Awesome. So, yeah. They're wankers. (laughs) In conclusion. That's enough of that. Let's talk about Brentford next weekend. So it's yeah, next weekend, isn't it? Is... We haven't got a midweek game. So that's the thing. Like one that it's you kind of torn, aren't you? Because on the one hand, I think if you perform like that, there should be consequences. And yet, on the other hand, you're thinking, well, I actually don't necessarily want there to be consequences for everyone. Bruno didn't play well today. I wouldn't drop him. So there's, and then also it's the fact that it was just one game with a new manager. Yeah. So there's also that, but at the same time, it's just when you turn up and play like that in the first game of the season, and when, as the manager basically acknowledged, you go behind and you collapse, 
that's not a first offence or a 34th offence. At that point, <laughs> it's just, okay, this is what these people do. And so I want, I want rid of as many of them as possible. So mm -hmm. again, it's Brentford. I mean, I think we, we can, it will, I mean, is Martial meant to be fit for that one? I, I, I don't know. Wasn't it a muscle inju injury? I'm not, I'm not sure. I he, thought that he, he was only be. meant to miss this one, but right. It, right. Well, it'll either well, be him or Ronaldo. Fate. It's either him or Ronaldo through the middle. So that it'll be one of those two. And then presumably it'll be Sancho and Rashford again, but I would be very, I mean, again, it's really easy to say I'd be tempted to pick Garnacho because it's not my, not my job that's on the line. And I'm much sicker of Rashford than Tanafas. And I'd also want to see Malassia not sure for the same reason. But yeah, there just, there have to be some consequences. But at the end of it, you're still going to have to choose Fred or McTominay. Yeah. Unless you pick Ghana. <laughs> and I don't think, legit, I don't really think you can do that. I, I, I mean, it's, it's less that I think Ghana's not ready and, and more that I think he's probably not right for the Premier League, but. He's not good. He, he might, I, I'm not even sure. Like, he might be a Premier League player, Ghana, but sticking him into this United team and expecting him to make it better, like, I haven't seen anything that makes me think that's going to No, I, yeah. I, look, I, it's, uh, there's no, there's nothing about the job was, that Ten Hag is taking on <laughs> that you know, says he's going to be able to fix Garner, McTominay, Fred, Donny van der Beek in central midfield. Right, there's he can't coach those guys to be good enough for for United to challenge for the top four. I mean, already looks ridiculous that does, but so there's he just he can't do that. They're, United are going to have to do the business in the market, and if they're not going to do the business in the market, I think we're going to see a lot of games like this where Ten Hag's system will not be able to impose itself on the opposition who who either keep the ball really well or are able to break on the transition because there's that they're always a weakness with United and that's true with Brentford as well they win the ball high up the pitch and they do pretty well on the transition two two areas that are, are a problem for United Brighton pressed really well in that first half and United couldn't progress the ball as a result even with Ma but that's Martinez in there so but that's I, I think I mean Martinez didn't play well as we said but that's also because he's, he needs people to give it to yeah no and absolutely miles down the other end yep and so he was left with with Tomine and Fred again yeah yeah, yeah. Um, no, no I, it's 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 a two-way street that one isn't it both Maguire and Martinez are decent passes Martinez especially good passes of the ball Maguire's now on the right side so he's got the, the full pitch to to aim at but yeah you, you're giving it to either Scott McTominay who hides all the time or Fred who's asleep most of the time and then it's his accuracy with the passing is like completely substandard so it's I, I, like United cannot solve this problem without dipping into the market. Not everything's about spending money, but this one is. So. That's it. And it's and so if we don't, if United don't get De Jong, I mean, if you look at what other clubs have done, like Paris have just, I mean, I know they're funded by State Wealth, but yeah. they got Ronaldo Sanchez for what, 15 million euros. Yeah, well, it looks like they're buying Diaz off Napoli as well. So they, yeah, they, they're spending. Not Lewis. Diaz, it's Ruben, other Ruben. Yeah, yeah. Other Ruben. The other something one, other. the other one, the other one, Napoli midfielder, whose name escapes me clearly. But yeah, I mean, it's not like there aren't midfielders out there that an option beyond De Jong. Unless Ten Hag really is saying it's De Jong or no one, because then that's his job he's gambling he, with. I can see why he wants it to be De Jong because he is a unique player, but anyone who can play that position well 
would make a massive difference to this team. So I don't even think it's necessarily, sometimes when you need a player, it needs to be a, a very particular kind of player because it needs to fit into something. Whereas now for me, it's much more about quality. So if you can't get De Jong, I'm not necessarily looking for who is similar to De Jong. I'm looking for who is the next best player in that position that I think is, is attainable. Isn't that, isn't that Murtaugh's job? They've got a massive recruitment department. They've got Murtaugh and a deputy there and a new head of recruitment and the whole analytics department. And clearly they've given Ten Hag a list and he's gone, fuck no. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, clearly. I mean, he's quite short with his answers as well, Ten Hag. So maybe not the profanity, but the rest of it is definitely true. So I, I don't know what they're doing. I mean. And we should not still be having this conversation one way or the other about which number six the United going to buy. And it's just, it was the thing that we needed most of all in Ole's first summer when he bought Maguire. And the point of it is that it enables you to control the game. Yeah. And it means you make more chances for your forwards and you keep the ball away from your, from your own defenders, which is also extremely significant. It's just. It's simple, Dan. It's, yeah. I, I mean, this, this will be a problem against Brentford as well, because they, they do, they, they press high up the pitch. They've got some very good forwards in Bueno and Tony, especially. I think they're kind of mediocre in midfield, but that's all right. Cause you know, we're mediocre in so, midfield too. Uh, and, and, and they do transition well. They, I didn't see any of their game against Leicester today because it kicks off at the same time, but you know, they got a, a decent draw against Leicester after being behind. I think and everyone expects them to be struggling, but I, I don't know. If it's be so true. important. Like the thing as well is like when a new manager and when a team is low on confidence or like United are just a good start. Yes. It's made such a difference. Like you see with Arsenal, they came into the game with some momentum from preseason. They didn't play that well. They go play well for 20 minutes against Palace. Then, quite then an even game the after bus. that. Yeah. But they found the way that they won and it just keeps the, the good vibes going. Yeah. And we'll we'll see we'll see it happen again whereas united now start this brentford game under massive pressure yeah they threw away the they threw away the result against villa they didn't play very well against atletico or rayo Vallecano, and they didn't play well today so all that all those good vibes from the first couple of games when we were a week ahead anyway of the the fitness training have disappeared and, and suddenly it looks like last season. And it's a one game. It's one game, but it doesn't half feel like we've seen this film 50 times before. So. I think that I am prepared for it to take time with Tenach. I didn't think it would be that shit today. No, I did I not I felt either. like United would, and, I, and again, like, had Bruno scored that chance, it probably wouldn't have been. But when it's so brittle that those moments become extremely frayed with extreme significance. And it's very hard to see how they build that kind of resilience because it's the results that build the build that resilience. And also I just don't think this team have that kind of resilience in them. But then as I'm saying that, I'm thinking there was that season under Ole where they kept coming from behind. They did. That seems a long time ago now. But Teams. there were no, I mean, the other thing about the season on draw, they, where they did, they kept winning all those away games is there were no crowds. Yeah. And so it enabled their United's extra class to take over in a way that 
a team playing in front of a home crowd probably wouldn't have been allowed to fold in the way that so many of those opponents did. I mean, talking to the crowd today, jeers at halftime, jeers at full time. Ronaldo booed and cheered, a bit of both there. I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I know there's like the honeymoon period is short these days, but that was pretty bloody short. What do you get? 45 minutes of honeymoon. Well done, Ten Hag. Yeah, I mean, well, Van Gaal's first game was that home defeat to Swansea with England right. the wing back. That was absolutely hideous as well. Yeah. But I do have, I do know there's more potential in, in this team probably. And, but it gets to a point where you just, let down so often by the same players that you just can't bear to look at them anymore. Brentford obviously lost Ericsson, brought in Ben Mee. He seems like the most un-Brentford defender ever, but I mean, he's a solid, he's a solid defender. I, 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 I guess we can pretty much predict Owen and Aaron Hickey, who I can't remember ever seen playing, probably I saw him play for Scotland as Ukraine or something, but. Yeah, yeah, I've seen him. I think I've seen him play, but I've seen him play for Bologna as well, actually. Right. He didn't play well in the game that Did I Did he play well with Marco Arnautovic at Bologna? Are they best mates? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they might is... have an emotional reunion next oh, this weekend. Be beautiful. Swapping the shirts, yep. choking up a United team, is he going to change it around? I mean, they should, as you said, there should be consequences. So They will definitely change it because Ronaldo or Martial will play. You'd think front. so, yeah. So that means that you can have your midfield of Ericsson, Bruno, and a clown, whichever one it happens to be. I don't, I don't know what the plan with Varane is. Looks like his third, third choice at the moment. I mean, why do we think that is? I is it just I because he can't be trusted to stay fit? I mean, it sh it shouldn't be that though, should it? Because I mean, I know he got it. he had that one injury in preseason, didn't he? But, but apart from that, he was available today. He was on the bench. So I, I, I'm guessing Ten Hag just trusts Maguire more. I mean, Martinez is clearly the guy he really wanted. He really wants a left-footed central defender. He played Alex Tellez there in some games in pre-season, didn't he? So he really, really so, wants that left-footer. On Martinez, would we have been trying to sign him if we'd have signed Timber as well? Or did we sign Martinez because we couldn't get Timber and Timber was, in fact, the first choice? Yeah, it's hard to say because Timber's not left-footed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so, I, I, so I, he might have been the plan to sign them both all along. He, he, he might have thought of Timber as, as playing on the Anthony. right side. Yeah, so, yeah. It, it's, hard, it's hard to say whether Martinez was a fallback option or not. Pretty expensive fallback option for our seventh central defender. I mean, we've still got Phil Jones, remember, and Eric Bailly, neither of whom made the bench today. It's an awful lot no, of wages I mean, I think, going yeah. wasting I mean, there. I imagine we'll get rid of both of those at some point with, for a little bit of money, but I mean, you, cause you think about, so now they're trying to sign this Sesco character, which is again, they want to pay 35 million quid for him, but could get him for 45, 50 million, whatever it is. Now I totally understand that if you're going to give 50, 50, 55 million quid, if that's what it is for someone of that age. When your money is short, you have to be, you have to be sure really that he is a world beat. But if you're deciding someone's worth 35 million, are they not worth 45 million? I don't know. 50 million? Look, I'm rarely able to work out United's thinking on pricing. They'll haggle, 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 and then pay huge amounts of money. Did because... it for Maguire? They seem to have agreed 85 million euros for De Jong, which is a profit for Barcelona, amazingly. Because if, if a transfer works out 
it is worth whatever money you're lucky enough to pay for it. Yeah, sure. And if that player happens to be a centre forward, like the person who's going to score you the goals that help you, inverted commas, win football matches, then 55 million quid off is a, is a bargain. Mm-hmm. And as I said, like I don't have an opinion about whether Sesco is good enough or not, but if the manager is telling the board that he is good enough, then... <laughs> And you clearly need a player in that position, then it is ludicrous that that isn't just happening. And that is one of the problems. One of the problems with Ole that he was always going to have to hit pretty much every signing because United don't allow managers the facility to sign a player. And if it doesn't work, just go and spend the same money again on someone else. Yeah. That you've still got Fred knocking about. Yeah. If Fred played for City, I mean, be... he might be better, but <laughs> if he would have been, boy, he would have been one of those, like Nolito, or I, I can't even remember those, those defenders that he kept signing or what's yeah. Claudio Bravo. Yeah. That ironically named Claudio Bravo. Men... Yeah. Elia Quinn Mangala. Mangala, that's it. Yeah. Where yeah. buy a player and if it doesn't work, you buy another one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, with United Finances, should be able to do that. I mean. Previous finances right now, that's, that might not be true, but that's not the way it's going to happen. And if they really are after an out of itch, that tells me that they are penny pinching. So anyway, predictions, Brentford, we're going to get it done. I don't think so, but it's just, I don't, it's not, it, I mean, it is about the result, but to me, the thing that was disappointing today was much more the performance than the result. Although I was obviously extremely displeased with, with the result. Like before the game, I was looking forward to watching United play. It wasn't even really about United winning. It was about seeing a new manager, some new players, some new ideas. And the thing that was distressing about it was just that it was the same old bullshit. Yeah. And what I want from Ted Hart for the next game, I mean, obviously I want United to win. But if United play like they played against Brentford and somehow win, it will still be a pain in the arse because what we need to see at this point is improvements in the way that they're actually playing. And that's that's what I want much more than... And I think that that's going to require some thinking from Ten Hag about which players he genuinely can trust here and might be up to standard and whether or not he can bring himself to play them instead of other players. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's going to, they, I mean, I agree. There's going to be some big calls here. And it'd be very early after one game, one proper game to make those big calls. But that's what he's paid for. That's, you know, that's the manager's He job, won't do it. it. I mean, I'm sure yeah. it might, may, might be Malassia, not sure. It might be, it might be Varane. I doubt it. But I think I wouldn't be surprised if the only change was Ronaldo for McTominay. And that was it. All right. Looking forward to Brentford 2 United Nil next Saturday evening. Back and stay tuned. Patreon.com forward slash NQAT pod if you want to listen to Daniel and I talk about how good City and Liverpool are. Awesome. Everyone else, we'll see you next weekend. Many thanks for listening.